everyone, Michael Unger here with another episode of Let's Innovate, a BC Science Fair Foundation podcast where we uncover the passion behind great ideas. In this season, we've been going back to talk to past participants in science fairs to get their perspective on their experience and find out where their passions lie. And today I am super excited to talk to Elizabeth Schulz. Hi, Elizabeth. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, it's so great to be here. So Elizabeth, uh, you uh, certainly have some science fair experience. Um, You've gone abroad for a few of them. You're currently at the University of Alberta in the pharmacy program. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Well, let's take us back to where you were in science fairs. And one of your big projects I know was around snails, but you're in the pharmacy program now. So I'm very curious how you kind of got involved with snails and are now um, wanting to work with drugs in a pharmacy. Uh, So take us back to that very first um, science fair experience and how you got involved. Okay, sounds good. So yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a different world, snails and pharmacy, but somehow they all kind of come together. So I would say I started my projects looking into snails when I was in grade eight. And each year kind of comes around like, oh, what should I look at this year? And I decided to focus, maybe I should look at something that's happening in my community. Now, every year in the summer, uh, everybody loves to go swimming in our Fraser Lake, which is right near like two minutes from my house. Um, But it was very common for people to get swimmer's itch. Now, if you don't know what swimmer's itch is, it's kind of these red itchy bumps that are really uncomfortable on your skin. And it's really unpleasant to get. And there wasn't really much of a treatment that we could find for this condition. So I thought, well, instead of trying to treat the condition, maybe we could try to just stop the problem. So I spent some time looking into the different life cycle, kind of seeing what causes a swimmer's itch. And I found out that these little snails, their little pond snails, they're part of the problem. That them along with birds and a few other parts and different animals cause this swimmer's itch. So I was like, hmm, well, maybe I can look at, if I can get rid of the snails, I can get rid of the problem. Okay. So for my first couple of years of projects, that, that was kind of my goal. I wanted to find out how can I ethically and responsibly get rid of these snails without harming the environment without harming the other creatures in the lake and and so like resolve this problem yeah so you're you're in grade eight and you're uh, looking around and seeing these problems so how do you start getting involved in something like that like you see people having swimmers itch and i don't know if you got swimmers itch yourself but where do you start when you see that problem and it's snails and you know it's not the government going in there uh doing it it's um kind of you alone like what what sort of resources do you do you draw upon i think that the big thing for me was i just used the typical google search to be like what really is swimmer's itch and what causes this and then after that it's looking into what's currently being done is there anything being done and then just digging a little bit deeper and kind of seeing is there something simple enough that i can do as a project that could help to make this a little bit better okay so what sort of uh, methods did you employ so i actually did i think i my first year i had five different methods so i i did one called scrape and sweep where i would kind of scrape the bottom of the surface of the lake and then the snails would actually come up and float and i would be able to just like get a net and kind of sweep them up um i had another one where i had moved like some like dark shields on top of them to see maybe if they didn't get sunlight they wouldn't be able to survive and then i also had one where i tested a chemical and although it was effective it would have definitely harmed the environment so i was like okay that's not ideal (laughs) 
So as you're going along with this, because you said that you wanted to look for an ethical solution as well to sort of um, fix this problem. So um, what sort of barriers did you encounter when you were looking for solutions, but also wanting to find ethical solutions? I... I definitely thought it was a little bit difficult, um, firstly, to try to isolate which creature I wanted to use. And I found that the snails, there was quite a lot of them, and they weren't going to be extinct at any point. So I was able to use those as kind of a species to study. So that was kind of the first thing that I looked at, just to make sure that I wasn't going to harm the entire ecosystem. And then after that, I I just tried to think of approaches that were non-invasive, I guess was kind of the best way. So making sure I wasn't disturbing the, the ground, wasn't disturbing the water, things like that. And what kind of response did you get from the community? Uh, were you the, the only person that was looking into this uh, this problem in, in uh, Fraser Lake? <laughs> I definitely was. And I think that people really appreciated um, when I went to like the, the fair at my school and the fair at the district and there was community members there and they're like, wow, this is such a cool idea. So like, how are you going to implement this like long term and things like that? And, and that all comes with time, especially with science fair is that it's great to have these starting ideas and it's, and it's great to think really far in advance and how this can really impact the, the community. And although I didn't necessarily take this large scale, I was able to provide them with a lot of knowledge about just some of the strategies they can use in their own like shores and things like that to help minimize the risk of swimmer's itch. Yeah. So you started in grade eight and did all of your science fair projects revolve around snails? Like you really honed in on a snail specialty. <laughs> I I really did focus on the snails. And I think that the big thing was that um, they were they were really easy for me to get a hold of. Um, so I was able to go out to the lake, put on some hip waders and um, go into the water and they were kind of everywhere. So it was very wow. easy for me to collect a lot. Um, but when I got into the to the further years, so when I got into grade 10 and grade 11, I actually found out um, after gaining those two years of knowledge about the snails that they were used for a lot of like scientific studies because they're a very simple creature and they have very simple nervous system and things like that. So they're easy to do simple experiments on. You know, being the sort of like the go-to snail person, um, you must have learned a lot about the snails um, as creatures themselves. So uh, let's nerd out for a bit on snails. Tell me, uh, tell me some fun stuff about the snails that you were studying. <laughs> so I would say that one of the most interesting things that I actually took advantage of when I was doing these, when I was using these snails was that the snails can um, breathe. So they kind of have these like mouth like things. Um, they're not exactly mouths. Um, but what they do is they they go into the surface of the water. So there's just the water and then they will flip upside down. So their little mouth will open up to the surface of the water and they'll be able to breathe through through that mechanism, which was really strange. <laughs> yeah. OK, so. Snails is your high school career. <laughs> you become the go-to snail, uh, <laughs> snail girl. Seems like a really uh, cool party trick that you can tell people. Um, but now you're in pharmacy. So how do you make that switch? Was that also something you kind of looked around and saw something that you can get involved in and feel useful or good at? Exactly. I think that for me, I started in my two years of biochemistry just really having a broad scope of not sure what I wanted to do with my degree once I was done. So the snail projects and things like that set me up to really 
be successful in my undergraduate degree. It taught me about the scientific method and it gave me a lot of background into how to do research and how to how to really think outside the box and develop good study skills, things like that, um, which really helped me excel in my undergrad. After a couple of years, yeah. I was not really sure if I wanted to continue my undergrad, if I wanted to apply into professional programs. And I guess I kind of came to the decision that pharmacy was a great option for me. It combined the ability to help people out through just being able to provide mm -hmm. the medications. And then it also just, um, I was able to gain knowledge and, and things like that, which I really thought would be great. Is there any um, middle part of the Venn diagram there with snails and pharmacy that has sort of <laughs> surprised you in any way? Although not directly, we have we have covered swimmers itch and things like that in our topics. And it's, it is sometimes funny to see how some things overlap of, of when we learn about swimmers itch and, and how to treat it. Um, other than that, everywhere I go, my fun, my fun trick is to tell people that I train snails and that's always <laughs> provides a lot of laughs and a few questions. So what's the current state of, uh, of the swimmers itch uh, pandemic there in, uh, in uh, Fraser Lake? I haven't heard too many cases, um, so I think things are not going too bad. It also all really depends on the weather, and it's been raining a lot, so it's hard to say for right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this is uh, this has been a, an amazing journey, and you're um, you know still continuing on with your journey uh, in pharmacy. Uh, so this sounds really amazing. I've got some more rapid fire questions uh, if you would like to stick around. Sure. <laughs> All right. First rapid fire question, Elizabeth, uh, if you could have dinner and talk to someone one-on-one, -on -one, who would it be alive or dead? Okay. I think if I was to talk to somebody, I would probably want to talk to Terry Fox. I think that Terry Fox was such an icon for so many people. And I know that through seeing documentaries and things like that, he seems like such a real person who has such a simple goal in mind and his efforts were so amazing that he did that whole Canada wide, but he just stuck down to a simple goal. And I think that that's what was so amazing ab about him. And I would love to just be able to sit down and talk with him about um, his journey. Yeah, it's really interesting when I think about Terry Fox now, because what he did, you know, was in the early 80s before time of social media. Yeah, he was doing something where it was like really grassroots. It really depended on the communities that he went into to kind of garner that support. And um, I find that really interesting to look back. And that and that makes it even more inspiring when I think about it now. Yeah, and exactly. And and even when he had such difficulties, like getting his leg amputated. Um, he didn't give up. He didn't just throw in the towel and say, I'm I'm done. This is the life that was thrown at me. He he really took charge and and took life as he could. <laughs> Next rapid fire for you. Uh, what piece of media, maybe a book, a movie or a video game has had the most influence on you? I would say that probably a book that had a great impact on me that I read in high school. Um, it was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. I just read yeah. it as part of a leadership course I was taking. And at the time, I didn't think much of it. But now looking back, it really taught me some great strategies and some great things that I've kept in mind just throughout my life. Seven Habits of Highly Effective mm -hmm. Teens by Sean Covey. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, a fun book. Is it still something that you uh, read? Uh, have a little poke at? I haven't poked at it for a few years now. 
Uh, I definitely, it's kind of based on my foundation of, of reading those kind of motivational books that are like, here's just some, some simple things that you can do in your life that will help make it a little bit easier. Uh, it, I've read another book, I think it's Atomic Habits, that kind of follows the same principles of just simple things you can do each day to, to help make your life a little bit better and, and just reach the goals that you're really striving for. Yeah. You know, I used to work at a bookstore. I worked at chapters. One of my favorite things to do actually was to look at books like uh, like this and read the table of contents because I found that I could really skim through and get uh, a lot from the table of contents. So so here are those seven habits uh, by Sean Covey. Habit one, be proactive. Habit two, begin and end in mind. Be Habit three, put first things first. Habit four, think win-win. I like that one. Uh, habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Habit six, synergize. And habit seven, sharpen the saw. Uh, I like that. Those are all really good and uh, really good advice uh, for teens. Uh, for anyone out there uh, listening, go pick up Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens by Sean Covey. Uh, last one, Elizabeth, if you had some advice for those future science fair participants, what would you say? I would say definitely try to reach out to people who are experts in the field. Throughout my science fair career, even when I was younger, like in grade five, grade six, I would try to reach out to people that had a lot more knowledge than I did about the subject so they could kind of help guide me in the direction that I wanted to take my project and kind of show me how I wanted to do that. In the further years, so once I was kind of using snails to look more in a behavioral setting, I, I reached out to a professor that was at the University of Calgary and he was like, here's a procedure that I've used. You can use something similar to this. And it kind of is able to spark just a new thought that you never thought of before. And they're there to kind of guide you of what will work, what won't work. And I found that was probably the most helpful thing during my science fair experience. Excellent. Excellent advice. Uh, well, Elizabeth, uh, that comes to the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let's innovate. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you all for listening uh, to another episode. If you're listening to this, we're right in the middle of uh, get gearing up for the Youth Innovation Showcase. Registration uh, is August 15th uh, this year of uh, 2022. So go check that out. You can go to our website, sciencefairs.ca, and follow along on social media, at Youth Innovation Showcase on Instagram, at Youth Innovation on Twitter. All right, folks. Until next time, let's innovate. <laughs>